Welcome to this Knowledge Natter by RCBS Knowledge. Here we have friendly and informal discussions with our Knowledge Award champions and those who are empowered by quality improvement in their work. Whether you're a veterinary surgeon, veterinary nurse, receptionist or member of management, quality improvement will and can positively impact your everyday life. Listen and be inspired. Hello everybody and welcome to this RCBS Knowledge recording. My name is Lou Northway and I'm Clinical Nurse Lead at RCBS Knowledge. I'm absolutely delighted today to be speaking with Sam Fontaine, Certificate in Advanced Veterinary Nursing Lecturer at the University of Glasgow, who is one of our amazing 2021 RCBS Knowledge Champions. You'll also see with me, we have um, some of her wonderful students from her cohort, which are Sarah, Molly and Megan. They're all registered veterinary nurses, which are undertaking the Certificate in Advanced Veterinary Nursing. Um, Sam was awarded as an RCBS Knowledge Champion for the implementation of a new course that teaches quality improvement to veterinary nurses, including those in practice and in education. For the first time, there is a QI route to achieving the RCBS Certificate in Advanced Veterinary Nursing. The course covers quality improvement in veterinary nursing, research and evidence-based veterinary nursing, and developing evidence-based practice through reflection. The curriculum has equipped national and international students with confidence and ability to apply quality improvement initiatives in their work. So it's all extremely impressive, and I'm ex- I can't wait to hear all about it. So, um, Sam, we're going to start with you um, this evening. I would like to know, where did your inspiration and drive come from to launch this um, in the syllabus? Well, the programme came about, it was a bit of a two-pronged thing. Um, From my own personal experience of doing qualifications, I'd completed the Royal College's Advanced Diploma in in Medicine. I'd done my top-up VN degree. And then I was looking for the next kind of obvious academic step. And really back then, that was probably 2009, 2010. There wasn't really anything that I could do that wouldn't have meant I would have had to have left work. That kind of thought sat with me for a while. Years later, I had a meeting with my uh, line manager where she was telling me that the university were launching online master's programs. And we thought, what a great opportunity to create something for vet nurses um, to fill that kind of postgraduate void. So because the programme was going to be online and looking about what was already out there, I felt that there was already a good clinical set of offerings out there. And I really wanted to do something that kind of filled a, a niche that wasn't yet filled. And I think the whole, for me, the underpinning kind of linchpin of it all was the concept of evidence-based veterinary nursing. Um, and really, uh, the, the content evolved from, from that thinking, okay, well, what do I think veterinary nurses need to know more about? Um, what do they get maybe touched on briefly in their pre-registration training? But we could take that to a much deeper level. And I think thinking about the things that the Royal College of Veterinary Surgeons were trying to push within the profession, so evidence-based vet medicine, reflective practice, I think the next obvious course that would have aligned nicely to all of that to really give it a practical and real practice context was quality improvement or clinical governance as it was when it first started. So um, yeah, I think I wanted to teach nurses things that maybe were, you know, regardless of what background they were coming from, what type of practice, what professional role they held, how long they'd been qualified, that they could take things from this and apply it to their own practice context and really make it fit their own practice context whatever whatever those were yeah and within the syllabus itself when you uh, were deciding what to include what resources did you use and what sort of themes um, did you implement 
resources in what way sorry so um did you sort of um teach about checklists and guidelines yeah so and... yeah so the throughout the whole um year we introduced students to um rcvs knowledge's work around the evidence-based veterinary medicine um and then the clinical and quality improvement course really covers the whole gambit of quality improvement from audits checklists team culture um, significant event audits um, all the different aspects and I think the three courses you know all of these elements reflection evidence-based veterinary nursing quality improvement all fit under the, a similar sort of heading and they all feed into each other and you need all elements to be able to do quality improvement well I think so yeah. they all build on each other and all the skills kind of all come together in the quality improvement course. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think it's just, it's like a massive jigsaw, isn't it? But it's so, so important. And when um, I was thinking back to my primary nurse training back in 2009, we didn't actually have evidence-based nursing really included at all. Um, and you just really can see now why it's so important that it should be in there. Um, so to all of you now, um, thinking back on your careers, because um, you've all worked in practice already um, and you've now undertaken the course, how do you view that your career may be sort of different going forwards? Do you, how do you think um, QI will positively influence you in the future? I think, um, I mean, before starting the course, I didn't really know a lot about quality improvement. It's not something I'd really done as part of my diploma. Um, and having the resources and having to do it as part of your assignments just giving me the confidence to go on the rcvs knowledge website download the materials and go into practice and start doing it myself which is not something i ever thought i would do before um and say okay let's do a clinical audit of this because this interests me um you know as as a nurse i wasn't sure that's something that you know i would be able to do but um you know if something doesn't go well doing a significant event audit I mean I do those if you know on a regular basis now so brilliant it's um yeah it's I mean I find it really really fun but um yeah it's um, once you start you've done one you feel like oh what's next and yeah what, you know definitely what, and I think what you um mentioned just then about having an interest and then doing an audit in your area of interest it's really um it's so positive all around isn't it mm, definitely and you can see that you are making improvements for future patients and you just feel like you're doing the best you can and the team's doing the best they can to improve the quality of care that we give to them so that feels really good as well brilliant um Sarah do you, what do you think yeah I think um I didn't realize before I started the course that we were already doing some things that come under clinical governance or quality improvement um anyway but then I've sort of added to that with things we've learned in the course as well and I've implemented a couple of clinical audits in practice um just outcome audits looking at their IV catheter complications and a couple of other things um so that's been really interesting um and we've already collected loads of data because of the number of patients we see which is great brilliant and well how did your team respond to sort of like your first cycle of audit when it was finished were they very sort of interested in your findings yeah really enthusiastic I wasn't expecting such a positive response to be honest I thought everyone would kind of roll their eyes at me and oh here she goes with another one of their ideas <laughs> um but the team's been 
really on board with the whole thing which has made it easier because uh, obviously I've I've um, asked them to record when they place IV catheters and other information like that so that I can uh, keep a spreadsheet and then um, obviously I'm not there 24 hours a day and we admit patients 24 hours a day so it relies on the whole team recording all the information that we're gathering and everyone's been great at doing that. Wonderful that's so good to hear and how about you Molly? Find um, at my practice before there was never really anybody that had a, a real passion for um, quality improvement, and it was always something that at the back of my mind I kind of wished I knew a bit more about and and would be able to take on and and do more in practice myself. And I can even remember finding the RCVS Knowledge website and going on and spending hours looking through everything, but it just didn't really make sense to me in my mind at the time. And then after I did the course, everything seemed to just make sense to me. Um, and I just kind of thought, gosh, I could have been doing so much like years ago, but I just didn't have the confidence to go ahead and do it. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting here, actually, I've got my big blue folder and it's full <laughs> of all my ideas now oh. for what I want to do in practice. <laughs> oh, that's so, so great. It it's yeah. exciting. Once <laughs> Can I just touch on that point Molly made about confidence? And I think yes. that's one of the things that I love to see when these courses run that actually, you know, what Sarah was saying, she was already doing things, but it didn't have a name or a, an official title. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you see these light bulb moments where they go, where students go, oh, I'm doing that. Great. You know, I've all, I'm already steps ahead of, of this. And, and then just getting that confidence to know how to then approach the team to say, look, we have to get on board with this this is what we should be doing and this is how we're, we should approach it. And I think that's, you know, that's what I love to see in here. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, um, yeah, it's very inspiring. I'm sure you're sat there, Sam, just feeling so proud <laughs> and it, thinking of what impact you've had in all of the nurses within your cohort and how much of an impact all of you will have in your own practices it's just um it's brilliant and yeah and you've just all given such good advice to those listening as well like believe in yourself um embrace QI go and do it and see your how positive your team's responses will be and then everyone else will probably want to get involved and start doing projects of their own so yeah brilliant absolutely yeah, excellent um so we have already spoken a bit about how QI benefits patients um how do you think um QI benefits teams from the culture like a cultural perspective I think um, for a team perspective, although you're auditing what you're doing in practice and looking for improvements, you're also looking at things that you're doing well. And it's a bit reassuring to the to the team to look back and things and think, actually, I, we are doing a good job here. And um, I think it's quite motivating for everybody to when everything's been going on at the moment with COVID and we're just trying to get through and to look back on projects and, and simple tasks that we're doing every day and, and say, actually, we're doing a good job here, guys, like, well done. Um, but also it's good to see little things that we can do to improve as well. And it's good to get the whole team chatting, I feel. And uh, with your team, Sarah, have you found that um, sort of when things are going wrong now, people want to talk about it more openly? Yeah, I think it's brought the whole team together a lot more and made us communicate better. I've noticed that with things like M&M rounds, one of the few times that both the medicine and surgery departments all sit down together and discuss cases, even though we have cases that overlap between departments. Um, so I think that's really positive because there can be a bit of a divide between surgery and internal medicine um, in such a big clinic. So I, I like that kind of element to it. How about you, Meg? Um, I think when we started doing it, there's 
a worry about blame culture just you know that turns into a finger pointing match but I think the more you do it and say yeah okay things didn't go as we planned but here's what we can do to improve things next time and people realize that you're not there to judge them that we are just doing this purely to help patients in the future build on our skills look at CPD we need to do you try and turn it into more of a positive experience then I think after a while people start to realize okay you know she's not doing it just to shout at me for not doing it correctly um and like Molly said eventually you'll get it where um people are you know doing things uh, we can say more positive than um what you're not doing but I just think anything you're doing wrong you can use an opportunity to to make things better absolutely yeah no it's uh, yeah and every every mistake is an opportunity to grow that's how I try and view things in practice and it's so stressful isn't it you're so busy often you're multitasking um, and things do inevitably inevitably go wrong but QI is here to support us and bring us all together so it's um it's just great I love it. I'm sat here like nodding like a dog um, to me that <laughs> anybody that's um, listening via the podcast route. <laughs> okay. Um, so when you were in your cohort um, at uni, what was the vibe like to start with? Was everyone a bit sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm not sure what to expect? Or um, did did some of you sort of already have an idea of what was, was what li- lied ahead? I think there was a real mix of us. Um, I mean, I was completely like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I definitely shouldn't be on the course at the start. Like, it's quite overwhelming. Um, but I think because, you know, we did chat to each other a lot, um, messaged each other, you feel weirdly like you are still part of a class, even though you don't physically see each other. Um, and just knowing everyone feels the same or, you know, you can get advice from, um other students definitely um makes you feel better I think that's something we try hard to promote because we know online learning can be isolating and we really strongly encourage students to set up their own social network groups and things like that so they can communicate in a space away from prying eyes of the the lecturers and things like that Um, and I think you know I think what the real well I'd like to hope you all realize we have lots of discussion forums and things like that. And it really gives people the opportunity to learn about each other's practice. They can all learn so much from each other because we've got people from different countries, different species, disciplines, different roles, um, different, you know, some in education, some in clinical. And I think hearing everybody's stories, I think the one comforting thing that I always get from it is that actually we're all vet nurses and we've all walked a similar walk and we've all had similar experiences but what we can learn from each other is or what my students can learn from each other is oh you've had that experience but this is how that's how you dealt with it and how you were able to move on from it so we have a lot of reflective discussions to help people help each other essentially yeah I love case studies and like hearing about what other people have done because you often think back as you say to like a time when oh that happened to me or that happened to a very similar circumstance um and then move forwards but um 
yeah no I, I think like communication between different types of practices as well so first opinion primary care to referral you know we're all you know doing similar things but in different ways um and what are all of your personal um aspirations for the future with QI so um firstly let's talk about the projects that you've got underway so Sarah you said you're already doing um intravenous catheter audits mm -hmm. um but Megan Molly what are you up to in practice and what do you hope to do in the future just a few weeks ago, um, I registered myself and one of our veterinary surgeons onto the RCVS Knowledge Cruciate um, registry. So we've just started that and, and we've got a few patients already um, that we've signed up and, and they're taking part. Um, and it was quite exciting as well just to be able to chat to the vet who's doing it with me. And, and we could actually look back at it appreciate ops that we've done in the past um, and just have a, a chat about those so it's quite nice just opening up new conversations with people that you might not chat to normally at work uh, apart from about your day-to-day -day, um, tasks that you're doing. Um, I've also been looking at how we use our oxygen in practice as well. So on the RCVS knowledge, I saw there was a really good protocol about minimising sort of your waste of oxygen that you're, you're using. So I've been doing a little audit on that at the moment um, and also just... Um, I've got lots of ideas about going forward and we're starting doing lap space as well. So I would love to monitor sort of the post-op pain in, in lap space because they are so different to your mm -hmm. routine space. Um, and just looking at the comparison and, and what pain relief the vets are going to be using for that as well. That all sounds brilliant. You are going to be very busy, Molly. <laughs> but it's like a catalyst, isn't it? It's like one idea into another, into another, into another. It is. <laughs> yeah, and I think clients as well, especially with the canine cruciate registry, it's brilliant for them to know that we're monitoring outcomes and wanting to improve how we're doing things. So um, making sure we're promoting to our, our clients that we are, you know, trying to improve what we're doing. So, yeah, that's brilliant. And um, how about you, Meg? What are you up to in practice? So I've recently started um, a journal club with all of the RVNs and also the students as well. Um, it was just to try and get everyone a bit more excited about um, updating our protocols and um, looking at what we do now and thinking, is this good enough? Can you find a paper to support you know, that? Is there anything we need to look into? So at the moment, as a team, we're all looking at um, nebulizing um, BOAS patients, um, you know, whether there's benefit to before as well as after. Um, it's just nice to see them enjoying it and doing that research themselves as well. So taking baby steps at the moment um, and just, yeah, trying to see what we can update in practice what we're doing at the moment. Yes, we're all in practice for many years, aren't we? And we're very used to using protocols and you get sort of comfortable with them. And mm. um, most of the time things go well. So you don't often perceive that there's a need to change things. But it's, as we mentioned, going back to the evidence base, looking at up-to-date guidelines, changing things and then monitoring for improvements. Um, so yeah, journal clubs are fantastic for that. We, um, in my practice, used a similar exercise when we updated our um, anesthesia guidelines a few years ago which actually are due a review so that reminds me so thanks for that <laughs> um, and how about you Sarah um, you so you do the intravenous catheter audits ongoing at the moment but do you have any plans for the future for anything else? Yeah so the other thing I've started looking at is um, we introduced a protocol for testing all of our colic patients for salmonella on admission because we noticed that a lot of them post-surgery developed 
um, enteritis and were testing positive for salmonella. So we wanted to know if they had it on admission and uh, were non-clinical and then the stress of surgery triggered the diarrhea or if it was something they were picking up in the hospital. So I started collecting, um, started auditing the, pro the process of collecting the samples and how many positive and negative results we've got and kind of looking at those numbers. So we've got 70 patients so far. It's wow, really good. Really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. Um, and Sam, back over to you. So with the, the curriculum as it stands at the moment, um, what's the plan for the future? What do you hope? Do you hope that all the other universities get on board as well? What would you like to see? No, I want to be the only one that's doing this. <laughs> you would like another knowledge yeah. award next year. <laughs> yeah. No, I think this will become more embedded within registration training, like pre-registration yeah. training, I think. But I think, you know, being able to invest a lot of time and energy in a specific subject, you know, you can ever cover what we cover when you're just training to become a, a vet nurse. So I think, I think, it will definitely roll out that more places are offering QI courses and things like that, without a doubt, because it's becoming such a kind of integral part of our professional practice. So, and, and we all need trained in it because I think, you know, these guys have said it quite nicely. It's a scary thing. And, you know, you can go on the websites and have a look, but until somebody's, I suppose, holding your hand a wee bit through the first audit and things like that, that's when it becomes something you, you can then just crack on and get on with. So yeah, it is the backbone of what we do, isn't it? Without even realizing. Um, and it's so important. So yeah, my message to everyone listening is please um, take some time and get get involved with it. Um, so to finish, um, Sam, you've already really nicely um, sort of said what your aspirations for the profession is moving forwards. Um, but to the rest of you, what are your pearls of wisdom and words of motivation for those listening? I think um, don't be scared to get stuck in. I was so nervous to begin with. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, from the help from Sam and, and everyone at the University of Glasgow, I feel so much more confident. And you know that at the end of the day, what you're doing is going to improve patient care. It's going to improve your, your work and, and how you get on with your colleagues and, and how you're working day to day. So I think just go for it and, and don't be afraid. Just have the confidence you are good enough. You can do it. It's not something that somebody with more knowledge than you can only do. Um, you do have the knowledge and you can learn and you can do it as well. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, I would echo that really. Um, I think it's important that we step forwards and um, you might feel like you're not knowledgeable enough or you don't have, have enough um, information about quality improvement, but I would say just go for it. I think um, a huge part of our role as nurses is advocating for our patients and that that's what these things are doing. Um, and it's easy to kind of sit back and, especially if you're in a huge team and there are interns and clinicians and so many different sort of cogs <laughs> in the machine it's easy to sit back and let somebody else sort of take over but we need to step up as well and make things better for our patients well, if I had pom-poms right now I would be shaking them <laughs> <laughs> um, and how about you Meg uh, again I agree with both what Sarah and Molly have said but um definitely it's something that we can all get stuck into 
Um, even if someone's already doing it, we can all do it in practice. It's something that we should all be doing really. Um, and just having, like Molly said, the confidence in yourself um, to think, okay, I can do this. As, as a vet nurse, I can improve the standard of care for my patients. And this isn't something I need permission to do. You know, this is something we can just do. The, the tools are all there available on the, the RCVS Knowledge website. And, you know, it is once you've done it a few times, it is it's easy and it is enjoyable. Um, and you can see a real difference in practice uh, quite quickly from from doing that. Brilliant. And yeah, thanks so much, everybody. Um, Sam, I hope you can really feel the impact you've had on your students and the profession as a whole. And I hope everyone listening feels absolutely inspired. So to those of you listening, please ensure you apply to be a knowledge champion by submitting your QI projects and initiatives to us here at RCBS Knowledge. Award winners are named as RCBS Knowledge Champions and will receive a plaque, badge for you and your team if clickable and a £250 prize money, um, which you can spend however you wish. Um, applications close on the 4th of December and to get involved, visit www.knowledge.rcbs.org.uk please get involved and thank you all very much for your time this evening we hope you have enjoyed this recording please share it with your colleagues and friends if you would like to find out more about quality improvement and access our free courses examples and templates please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcbsknowledge.org